my interesting fact that was rejected for being too morbid. Um, uh, I got uh, a, a car drove into me when I was on my bike this week. Um, so I'm re- we're here to look at the, the word of God, but I recognise you are looking at me and I've got grazed up knees here. So that's why um, I got away. I very, very, it could have been so much worse, um, but I you know, walked away from it and that was amazing. And so much the protection of God. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Morbid fact over, Fiona, you'll be released. Um, so, we are finishing this week our series on uh, the book of Proverbs. And uh, you may remember, right back at the beginning, um, Darren spoke to uh, us all at the start of the summer holidays about wisdom. Uh, and as you'll see from the screen, uh, we are returning to uh, the theme of wisdom uh, in uh, Proverbs 8. And I just want to kind of say why, why you know, we've already done that, why are we going back again? Um, but it all kind of comes back, it all goes back to uh, God spoke to me um, on the Jubilee weekend. We went away with some friends of ours uh, camping near Cheltenham and uh, I was chatting to my mate Dave um, and uh, we were in a play park. I was pushing Edith on a swing um, and I said to him, oh yeah, we're like, the church is starting this preaching series on Proverbs. So I don't really know what to say about Proverbs. Like, it's quite a difficult book to preach on. There's so many you know, little bits. And he said, oh, no, Proverbs is really exciting. And I was like, okay, tell me more. And this morning comes out of that conversation that happened while Edith was on a swing. Um, so I just want to share a little bit of, with, of that uh, with you. So, um, the first uh, slide we have here is a picture um, this is uh, from uh, the Bible Project. They do videos. This is a still from one of their videos. Um, and uh, really, really helpful if you want to look at pr- basically any book of the Bible. But I, th- I thought their Proverbs one was particularly good. Um, and uh, they say that in Proverbs 1 to 9, uh, there are four characters that you need to look out for. And uh, Proverbs 8 Uh, is the second character from the left. So, uh, working from left to right, we've got a wise king, we've got lady wisdom, uh, the foolish man, and the foolish woman. And they've kind of done cartoons of that. Uh, And we'll come back to another picture from that video, because I thought thought it would be so helpful to actually see uh, what we're uh, reading about today uh, in a picture form. So, we're going to read the whole of Proverbs 8. Uh, it is quite long, but I think Scripture is just re- it's really, really important, and it's important that we hear it and hear it well. Um, so, it's all going to come up on the screen, and um, uh, if, you just, uh, if you want to follow along in your own Bible or on, on your f- app on your phone, uh, feel free to do so. So, Proverbs 8 says, Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. Uh, To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver 
and knowledge rather than choice goals. For wisdom is better than jewels that all you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign, and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule, and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honour are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me, filling their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work. The first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth, and when there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he made firm the skies above. When he established the fountains of the deep. When he assigned the sea its limits so the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was beside him like a master workman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favour from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Okay. So, I think, obviously, this is all about uh, wisdom Um, And uh, we've got um, this speech here from uh, Lady Wisdom. And uh, Peter, if you could go to the next slide. Um, We've got a picture here um, that illustrates um, this call of Lady Wisdom. Uh, So uh, this, again, uh, is from uh, the Bible Project uh, guys. Uh, They've got some really uh, cool illustrators. And uh, you can see her there. It says, "'Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice?' on the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. So she's at the crossroads there, uh, at the entrance uh, to this town, to this city, and you can see this figure in the foreground, and he's got a choice about whether he's going to listen uh, to what uh, she's saying, she's gonna, he's going to heed uh, the call of wisdom uh, or not. And then you've got this picture kind of on the right uh, of uh, the... Um, blessings that uh, wisdom, wisdom has. Uh, you've got this kind of fruitful, ordered land. And then on the left, you've got this kind of chaotic, disordered. Uh, you can see there the foolish woman, the foolish man there, um, hanging out on those rocks. Um, and uh, he's, this guy in the foreground here has got this choice about whether he's going to uh, listen or not. 
So I think this is a way that we very often actually think about wisdom. We think about wisdom in life choices, about um, having wise advice uh, for any situation. And there's a reward uh, in wisdom. Being wise brings a richness to your life on the right-hand side there that's far more fulfilling than the emptiness of uh, foolishness on the left. It says uh, in verse 18, Riches and honour are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. So that's the kind of first section of it. But if you look at uh, 22 to the end... um, you uh, get the, the verse, uh, verse 22, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. So this is kind of linking in wisdom uh, with creation. And this is not something I had ever seen until Dave pointed it out to me, my, my friend, who we went camping with. You've got in verse 30, uh, wisdom saying, I was beside him like a master workman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. So this is a wisdom that is a a different way of thinking about it. It goes beyond the kind of good counsel or wise advice. It's like a practical kind of wisdom uh, that's being pointed to here. Uh, So... We see this uh, in 1 Chronicles uh, 22, uh, 15, uh, where it talks about Solomon's workmen who are building the temple. Um, These are the tradies that put everything up, and uh, they crafted uh, things, and it says they were skillful in every kind of work. And the word skillful there is exactly the same word um, that's used for wise, So I've got a slide uh, next here, Peter, uh, with uh, some skillful people. I wonder if you've ever watched anybody doing any of these things and thought, wow, that just looks so easy for them. It's just like effortless. It looks so easy. Anyone could do that. But then if you have a go and you try it, it's actually really, really hard. You might notice, uh, I saw some whispering at the back there, that there's a picture on the, uh, the bottom right there uh, that's from my company's website. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what I do. Um, and I work with some people who are just extraordinary. That's something that would take me weeks to work out. You can give them, and they'll go off in the lab, and in a day, they'll do what I could have done in weeks. And that's, that comes from experience. There's a practical skill and wisdom that comes from... Uh, choices that you make. So in sport, we've got a a footballer on on the top right there. Um, Sport coaches will analyse technique and so the player gets it in their muscle memory. They don't even have to think about it and that's why it, it looks so easy for them. But they get that wisdom, that skill from practice. Why is it like this? Well, Proverbs takes us back to the very, very beginning. And we have this beautiful poem from verse 22 onwards, uh, in which you're asked to imagine wisdom as a companion for God as he makes things. It's a little bit hard to get your head around because we don't easily imagine an aspect of God's nature 
kind of made into a person and working alongside him, this Lady Wisdom character. But she's present as he sets order into the world. The main point of all of this is that wisdom is woven into the very fabric of the created universe. And it's a law. There are many laws that are set in place that make the universe work the way that it does. Uh, Many of them are laws of physics. Um, And we have on the next slide uh, a character uh, who is one of my favourite cartoon characters when I was growing up. Um, If you don't know him, he's Wiley Coyote. Um, He has a business card that says he's a a genius. Um, And he's always after Roadrunner. And Roadrunner always outwits him. um, And he always gets uh, kind of found out by the laws of physics, generally the law of gravity, (laughs) as you can see here. Um, So if you work with the laws of physics, you can do great things and life will go well for you. But if you ignore them or think they don't apply to you, um, like our friend here, uh, sooner or later they will catch up with you, uh, and in his case, a bit sooner. So you end up in a mess uh, if you ignore the laws of physics. In physics, for every action, there is a reaction. But in life in general, for every decision, there is a consequence. And Proverbs 8 teaches us that the natural way that things are means that whatever you do, there will be a consequence, either good or bad, towards creating order or creating chaos. I think the next slide we've got back to this picture here. Here's this guy, he's got to make a decision. and This is how this creation thing comes in and fits into this picture. Because what God did in creation was he drew order out of chaos. And it's tying it in here, this Lady Wisdom whole thing. It's showing how we have that, set, that decision uh, between uh, order on the right-hand side, chaos on the left. So, it all looks very straightforward, doesn't it, from Proverbs But actually, there are a lot of voices that we can hear in our world. And it can be hard to discern what is right, what is really wise, what is God speaking, and what's just us thinking stuff. I've... This was... uh, this came out of what Dave talked to me about in, in Cheltenham. He pointed out uh, the verse um, in Corinthians uh, that says, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And I got looking into that, and I, I was looking into the... It's actually the whole of the first four chapters of um, uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, if you read it thinking about Proverbs 8, there's so much stuff that just starts jumping off the page. <laughs> um, I don't have time to talk about, uh, about all of it here, but I just want to read um, just one little section from it that contains uh, this phrase, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, and just make a few comments that I hopefully will be helpful for us in thinking about how do we discern the voice of God, how do we discern wisdom 
over all the other voices that we hear. So, we're going to start reading in chapter 1 at verse 17, uh, which is up on the screen. Brilliant. Just before we read this, the context here... um, He's writing to this church in the city of Corinth, and it's all in a bit of a mess. Um, and uh, just before this section, uh, he's talking about all of the different factions there are in the church, all of these different voices that are speaking to the people in the church. And then he's addressing that. So he says, they're talking about who, who, who baptised me. I got baptised by this person or that person. I'm in their group, whatever. Christ did not send me to baptise He sent me to preach the gospel, not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So, in these verses, um, Paul, he's writing this letter to this church. In sorting out the chaos that is in this church, the first themes that he turns to are preaching and wisdom. We had a contribution from our peers at the beginning of the worship time, just expressing the heart of that need that people have to hear truth, to hear wisdom, to hear the gospel, to be saved. Preaching the gospel is calling out wisdom, just as Lady Wisdom does in Proverbs 8. The church, the people uh, hearing this letter, are at a crossroads. They need to choose either wisdom or foolishness. And the way that Paul handles this, I think, is amazing, because he could have easily have said, hi guys, I'm here to sort this out, I've got it right, don't listen to any of them. But he doesn't. He says, my preaching doesn't contain eloquent wisdom. And then what he goes on to say is, it kind of all depends on where you stand and what perspective that you look from. Because if you stand in the wisdom of the world and you look at the cross, it looks pretty foolish. You've got somebody that these Christians are saying is king and he's God and he's being killed like a criminal. That looks quite foolish. But what Rachel brought in the worship, she was sharing about the cornerstone. If you stand in the wisdom of God with Christ as the cornerstone, everything else 
makes sense. Everything else lines up. To those who are called, to those who are being saved, it says, Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. So Paul's saying, my preaching, my call, it might look foolish from where you stand, it might look weak from where you stand, but I'm calling you to look at Jesus. I'm calling you to look at Jesus and his life and his death and his resurrection. This is the same Jesus that we see in Proverbs 8, making the world with wisdom by his side. Paul's very clear about that in Colossians. He said, Jesus is the one who made the world. The wisdom in everything belongs to Jesus. And it always has, right from the beginning. And you're not going to get wisdom unless you look at Jesus as the cornerstone. So how do we hear wisdom? We look to Jesus, we look to the cross, and we speak about that. That's, that's what preaching is. Whether it's a chat with one friend, or, you know, while you push a swing, or whether it's somebody standing in front of thousands of people. If you are talking about Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection, and what it means, it's that sharing of that story that brings wisdom that brings life and actually we all have a choice I have a choice you have a choice and I found it so easy in recent times to fall into cynicism to look at stuff that looks weak to look at stuff that looks foolish and to stand in the wisdom of the world But we have a choice to set our eyes again on Jesus as one who is called, as one who's being saved. And with him as the the cornerstone, it all makes sense and it all lines up and you build your life on a solid foundation. He takes our daily decisions to be humble enough to lean in and hear that whisper of wisdom that sometimes can feel so much quieter than all the other voices that come at us, come in our head. And he uses that decision for our good and for the good of those around us. And Proverbs 8 says that's, that's the real currency of the universe. That's where true wealth lies. So, just as I finish off, if the bank could come back up. As you've been listening to what I've been saying, I just wonder if there's anybody here that's feeling, actually, yeah, I find it hard. I find it hard to hear God. I get get what you're saying about hearing all of these voices in my head and finding it hard to sort out what, what is God saying and what's just me kind of feeling stuff. I need to see Christ. Maybe for the first time or maybe it's a f- for just 
afresh uh, this morning. I think if, just where we're sitting, if everyone could just, if you could just bow your heads, and if there's anyone who is like that, if you could just put your hand in the air just where you are and say, actually, I want to take that choice of humility to say, I want to hear God. If you just raise your hand now, I just want to pray. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant. Yeah, you can put your hands down. I just, I'm just going to, just while everyone's got, their, everyone's got their heads bowed, I'm just going to pray, and we just expect the Holy Spirit to come to each one of these people that's put their hands up. Jesus, I thank you that you are the wisdom and the power of God. I thank you that you, by your Holy Spirit, can give us discernment when we struggle to hear you. Thank you that you are by our side and that you're training us in your wisdom to build our muscle memory, to build our reflexes for good. Not that it is easy, but that in hearing you we find true wisdom and we find true life and we find true riches. So I just thank you for every single person that's raised their hand just now. I pray that you would meet them right now and you'd carry on meeting them through the week in every decision that they have to make. Every time they just don't know what to do, I pray that you would be right there and they would just discern your whisper so clearly. Thank you that you are a faithful and a good God. Amen.